Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, today I'm speaking with Courtney Elmer. She's a wife, a mother, and a business coach. And her specialty is helping women get off the hamster wheel um, of thinking that busyness and having a full calendar is a good thing, is a badge of honor. It's it's not. (laughs) Let me break it down. It's not. And she went through some pretty gnarly stuff in her personal life to come to that realization. So it's the message is coming from someone who completely understands what it's like to be type A, to work around the clock, to feel obligated, to do whatever it takes, you know, to serve those that she's working with and then to not do that anymore. And when she made that transition, you know, over time, she realized that she was killing herself by being that way. And so now she's helping women stop that cycle. And so this conversation I think is going to be hitting on a lot of things that maybe you've gone through. It's certainly hit a lot of things that I've gone through and I'm already thinking of ways I can kind of cut back and bring more balance into my life. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I hope it's really valuable and beneficial in your life. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. If you've been thinking that you might want to start reducing your caffeine intake, then this is the company you definitely want to check out. They offer an assortment of different mushroom blends. And basically you just add it to hot water. Now I have a full disclosure. I actually put the mushroom blends in my regular coffee just because I like coffee and it's part of my routine, but I love the benefits of mushrooms, of adaptogens. I have not been sick since November. I tell everybody this because it's true. Um, And it's because of the health benefits, the immune boosting properties of the chaga and the energy I get from the cordyceps and just the calming effects from the reishi. Like this is real. Like there is data to back up this information. So if you're questioning it or you think it's kind of weird, like just Google it and definitely check out Four Sigmatic because they are they're, they just make it so convenient to add adaptogens, mushroom powders into your coffee, or if you're adverse to coffee into your hot water. So definitely check them out and use the code unstressed at checkout for some awesome discounts. Well, hey, Courtney, welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, Liz, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So just to give our audience a little bit of context about you, why don't you tend to kind of take us through Um, the events in your life that brought you to where you are today, coaching women entrepreneurs? Yeah, you know, my journey has been one full of twists and turns, as I can imagine many people listening share, you know, a similar story. Um, For me, it started back in 2013, when two days after returning home from my honeymoon, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And talk about out of left field. I mean, it was something completely unexpected, no family history, no other reason for getting that diagnosis. And it really stopped me in my tracks because prior to that, 
I had worked in the corporate world and I had a side hustle. So I was working my nine to five and then working nights, working weekends. And my entire life was work. I mean, all I did was work um, at the expense of my family, at the expense of my relationships, at the expense of my friendships, and then at the expense of my health. And um, I had been living that life, just going down this road of stress and overwhelm and burnout and thinking that, you know, if I wasn't working, then somehow that meant I was failing and that I was unsuccessful if I wasn't burning myself out and working myself into the ground. And um, so this, this diagnosis was a huge, huge wake up call for me mm-hmm. um, because it just made me stop for the first time in my life. You know, it forced me to slow down and to really reconsider what was important to me and what was priority. And I know this sounds so cliche, but it's so true. It's like life is short. And Mm. if that wasn't made apparent, you know, any other time in my life, it definitely was glaring me in the face then. So I really started to question, you know, who I was and what I even wanted in anymore in life because I had lost touch with that because I had just been so busy all the time, right? Wearing this badge of honor of busy, but um, not actually doing anything that was fulfilling me, you know, more on a soul level, on a heart level. And so I really just started this journey then of self-transformation first and foremost, you know, really rediscovering who I was, reconnecting with my authentic self and healing um, in so many ways in order to even begin, you know, helping others do the same thing. But that's really when the work for um, the seed for the work that I do in the world today was planted, you know, helping women, showing them how to pinpoint and eliminate those underlying causes of stress and overwhelm in their life and business. Because I really believe we all deserve to live from a place that's calm and clear and Mm -hmm. a place of ease, you know, a place that is fulfilling one where we are, successful in business and have a life that we love without feeling like we have to sacrifice one for the sake of the other. Wow. And I feel like that statement alone is so important because I feel like that's what everybody wants, but they're not doing it, you know, and I'm guilty of it just as much as anybody else. It's like, oh, I've got to get this done and this done in order to fulfill some egoic you know, standard that we have for ourselves. Like you said, like I had that badge of honor. I mean, that's what you said is just, I feel so relatable to so many women. So I'm excited to dive in to kind of talk about how you, you know, on a one-on-one basis or a group setting, like break it down for these women and to start eliminating, you know, those, those things in life that don't really matter, you know, that are just driving us crazy. So, you know, what do you think it is? What do people get wrong the most when it comes to balancing work and life? Mm, I think the, the main thing, first and foremost, before anything else, is believing that there's such a thing called balance. Mm. I am a huge advocate that balance doesn't exist, at least not in the way that everyone is striving for it. Um, so often, I feel like we compare ourselves to others thinking that their life looks balanced, their life looks perfect, their life looks like it's all going in the right direction and wishing we had the same thing, chasing after this ideal lifestyle that really is counterintuitive, you know, and we could be living the life of being more present with our family and with our children and, um, you know, in our businesses, as opposed to chasing after thinking that, well, one day when I'm successful, Mm -hmm. then I can slow down a bit, you know? 
Right. We're always putting it off. I hate that. Yes. Yes. And so believing that balance out there, you know, is um, that there's some perfect form of balance that exists, you know, that we're striving towards when really truthfully balance is something that is just as unique as each and every person walking this planet. You know, it's something that's unique to each and every one of us. And so what balance looks like to me isn't going to look the same to you as it is going to look to your neighbor down the street, as it is maybe to a client that you work with, you know, or a friend that you have or a family member. Balance is going to look a little bit different for each of us. So really, I, I've chosen to kind of shift that whole mindset into more of a work-life integration, you know, one where, you know, you're living your purpose, you're walking in your, in your steps along your mission, you know, living that um, and, and working towards your dreams, but not at the expense of everything else, you know, and kind of doing it in a way that's more integrated and more holistic um, as opposed to just trying to find that perfect balance, if that makes sense. Is that, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you said like, it's so bio-individual, you know I mean? Cause that's what I teach so much with my clients in health coaching. It's like this diet might really work for you. It might work terribly for somebody else. You know, it is so, it's always such a subjective thing. I feel like because we are all on our own life path, we are all here for our own different reason and purpose. And we all need to find out what that is. You know, at the end of the day, that's up to us, our responsibility. And I love that you're helping women figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, so key, you know, because that was what was a pivotal point in my own journey. You know, thinking back and looking back, I believe that our businesses are meant to heal us in some way. And it's not until we discover that part of healing, you know, that, that is meant for us, um, that we're even able to help other people. And that was it for me. It was reconnecting with my authentic self because for so long I had put on this front of success and of perfection and, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking that, you know, I needed to be the leader that everyone wanted to follow and striving to be that person when in reality, you know, people wanted to just connect with me. Um, but, but that wasn't possible then because I wasn't even connected with myself yeah. to even know who she was, you know, to share her with others. That's um, really powerful. That's really yeah. powerful what you just said. So mm-hmm. was it, I mean, right after that diagnosis, did you start to question everything? Did it happen immediately or was it like a slow awakening? Oh, I love that question because the truth is, I, I really wish I could say I did like a complete 180 right then, you know, and it would be like mm-hmm. the perfect story, right? But the truth is that's not what happened um, because right after the diagnosis, you know, going through surgery, treatment, radiation, recovery, I started to, I guess you could say, I started to question whether what I was doing was really what I was meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't start to question that anything was really wrong because I had lived that lifestyle for so long that it felt comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. And so right after recovery, you know, I wanted to get back to this sense of feeling normal again. And so the only thing that really felt normal to me was to work. And so I jumped right back into, you know, my work addiction and this whole cycle running on this little hamster wheel, thinking I was going somewhere, exhausting myself because that's what was comfortable. That was my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really start to discover that about myself that, you know, there's got to be more to life than this. And I know that I can't continue on this path because look at where it's gotten me so far. And, um, and really seeking to, to make little changes, to step off of that hamster wheel 
Um, but it didn't happen in one big fell swoop. You know, it, it happened little bits incrementally over time. Yeah, right. So when you work with clients, what's the most issue that you see coming up again and again and again? And then I want to talk about sabotage and how they sabotage themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the issues that I see a lot is, you know, at least I would say a main complaint that people come to me with is exactly what I just mentioned, that hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. One of the things I hear all the time from women is they tell me, they're like, I just want to enjoy my life a little more. I just want to have more time to do the things that I love. And it, it really saddens me so much to hear this. And, and, and I relate so much because I was there for so long. Um, so certainly not, you know, singling myself out at all. I mean, I have lived this as well. Um, that, but I you think know, that's why you can speak to it, you know, because you mm-hmm. have been there. I mean, that's why you have anywhere to stand on to even talk about this. Like you're an expert because you've lived through it and suffered through it. And then, you know, gotten yourself out of that pit. I love that. Oh, well, thank you for that. And it's so true, you know, walking my walk. In fact, that's one of the whole reasons, you know, why I love the work that I do so much because it holds me accountable because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially for those of us that are type A or that have these perfectionistic tendencies, like I definitely do. It would have been very easy for me if I was just out there, you know, promoting a brand to just jump back into the work mode of it. Right. But because I'm so all about living my brand and leading by example and really walking my walk that it's so important to me, you know, I'm, I rein myself in and I, I catch myself a lot of times and when I feel that overwhelm or anxiety start to creep in and it's like, Oh no, no, this is not the path to be headed down. You know, so it really holds me accountable Um, and I love it for that reason, but, you know, to get back to answering, you know, your question specifically, that's what I hear most often from, you know, women, mothers, women in the workforce that they just wish they had more time and they want to, they want to be more present, but they don't know how, they don't know where to begin. Absolutely. And that's something I hear, you know, at drop off and pick up. I mean, I hear it all the time. So I think you are definitely onto something. And then, um, and then how, speak on sabotage a little bit, because I found that really interesting. Yes. So, you know, it's very interesting how we keep ourselves stuck. Um, there's three, I'll, I'll break it down like this. There's three really big mistakes that I see even smart, successful women make that keep them stuck and spinning their wheels and causing them to sabotage their success and not actually, you know, they, they, they wake up and they wonder why they're working so hard and why they feel like they don't have anything to show for it, you know? Um, and so the first of those mistakes, or I guess the number three mistake will work our way down kind of to the number one, but the number three is exactly that chasing after this ideal thinking that, you know, if I'm not working towards this ideal life that I want to create for myself and my family, if I'm not working towards that, then I'm a failure, you know, and it becomes kind of this all or nothing mentality. And we start chasing after the ideal by not recognizing and owning and honoring where we actually are in our journey. You know, we're so focused on what we don't have yet and all the things that we want and all the things that, you know, that we're, where we aren't yet. And we're so focused on that, that we're unable to show gratitude or even appreciate where we are or how far we've come in our journey. And that's a huge mistake because that keeps us stuck. You know, I mean, the law of attraction is it, seriously, you know, what you focus on grows. And so if you're focused on what you don't have, then you're going to create more of that. And that was so true in my own life, you know, constantly striving for 
that next rung on the ladder of success. But after that rung, then it was another rung. And then after that rung, there was another rung. There was always something else to be working towards. And it, it really kept me from staying present and living in the moment um, because I was always focused on what I didn't have, focusing on that next thing, you know, chasing after it. Mm-hmm. And so from there, that kind of leads into massive mistake number two that I see all the time, which is blurry boundaries, you know, because we start to chase after this ideal. We want to create this ideal life for ourselves. We want these things, you know, for the betterment of ourselves and our family, which is good. Don't get me wrong. The ideal is good in and of itself, but our boundaries can start to get really blurry because we become distracted by all the shiny objects, right? That we think are going to get us closer to that, to that ideal. When in fact, it's taking us further away from it. You know, we clog our calendar and fill up our time with all of these things that we think are going to help us be more successful. But in doing so, you know, we're not allowing our, ourselves the space to even to even grow. I can remember clearly, so clearly, I would open up my calendar and I would see absolutely no space in there for me, you know, and I was sacrificing the things I loved, like going to the gym or date nights or going to coffee or lunch with a friend for the sake of work, you know, because that was the only time a client could meet or, mm. you know, the, the almighty client, right? And so my boundaries got really, really blurry and I began to feel guilty. You know, I'd feel guilty when I was not working because I felt like if I wasn't working toward that dream that I was failing. But then I felt guilty for when I was working because then that was taking me away from, you know, my relationships and the life that I wanted to live. So I, it was almost like, you know, the snow globe, like if you picture your ideal life, like inside of one of those little snow globes, it was like, it was so shaken up. I couldn't even see clearly what I was working toward anymore. Mm. My boundaries had gotten so blurry. Um, and I see so many women make that same mistake and it keeps them stuck. And that leads to the number one mistake that I see, which literally, you know, they develop an addiction to being busy without even realizing it. And that's the scary part because being busy, this, this addiction to busy is it permeates our culture, but it's something that's heralded and applauded. It's not an addiction like drugs or alcohol or something where it's like, oh, you got to go to rehab. You need, you know, you need help. Um, like I said, busy is a badge of honor, right? The bigger the house, the better, the fancier, the car, the better, you know, the more elite, the school that your kids are going to, the better, you know, Ooh, look at me, look how successful. And so we wear this badge of honor of being busy all the time that we literally develop an addiction to it. And just like I said, you know, speaking for myself, my own story, I didn't know who I was outside of work. Mm -hmm. And I had completely lost my identity because it was so wrapped up in the busyness of my day-to-day life that I couldn't even see clearly what I was working toward anymore or why I was even working toward that. And so those are three things that I see, you know, they go hand in hand, but they all contribute to, you know, this self-sabotage, as you said, that really it keeps us stuck. It keeps us from achieving the life we want, um, even though the irony is we think we're working towards that, you know, in this process. Right. But I feel like too, like during this process, I mean, that's why I hear about it so much at pickups and drop-offs and, you know, on forums and things like that. It's like, I'm not happy. Like, this is not what I want. Like, this is, this doesn't feel good in my body. You know, like people, Mm. I mean, women especially are so in tune, like they know that something's not right. And, you know, aside from getting a diagnosis like that, that really, you know, checks you and says, Whoa, like what's going on? You know, I think they really do know that, that it's not, 
good. It's, it doesn't feel good. So to take them to the next level, you know, we all, we all, you know, register with what you're saying. We all recognize it in our own lives. How do you then break that cycle, get off that hamster wheel and start bringing in, you know, quote unquote balance into your life, whatever that means for you? Yeah. Awesome question. You know, because that is, you know, the next thing it's like, okay, well, what are the steps that I take? And that's essentially what I had to figure out on my own. You know, I call it a roadmap, but it's essentially just a series of steps that in going through this and learning all that I've learned on my own journey you know, that I've been able to put together and now teach to other women, um, to show them how to take these first steps. And really the first one is to stop spinning. It's just to stop. And it's a step that we often miss, right? Because we're so used to taking action. We're so used to doing the things that we want to know what things we need to do in order to fix our life. But really and truly, the first step is to just stop and to just take a moment and evaluate where we are. Because it's not until we stop our spin that we can even go deeper, you know, and, um, and start to explore what some of those underlying causes of the stress and overwhelm might be. Because I see stress and overwhelm as a symptom. You know, just like you were to go maybe to your doctor or something and complaining of a headache and a stomachache or all of these symptoms, right? There's a deeper cause typically for what's going on. And so rather than just throw, you know, some strategies at it or here's some free, you know, step-by-step system, follow, follow this and you're going to have the perfect life. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes going deeper, you know, but in order to go deeper, we have to first stop. And then once we stop, that's kind of where we can then take step number two, Because those questions start to come up, right? Like, okay, wow, now that I've slowed down, why am I working so hard? Like, who who even am I? What am I working towards? And so these deeper questions start to come up and we can start to answer those questions, you know? And in the process of answering those questions, we're able to take the third step on the roadmap, which is to rediscover our true authentic selves, you know? Yeah, it's this process of discovery that becomes such a beautiful part of the journey because now that we've slowed down, you know, we're starting to explore these deeper questions and these deeper root causes of what's even causing all the stress and overwhelm in the first place. Then we're able to really discover ourselves and to find out if there's any limiting beliefs, you know, that are holding us back, um, any limiting decisions that we might have made along the way, things we believe to be true, but that perhaps aren't true, you know, that things that are just that we believe that are keeping us stuck um, and work towards eliminating those and, and creating that awareness around those and really honoring where we are um, in, the, in our journey. And then from there, we can approach that final step, you know, which is the strategy and the how-to. I'm a huge how-to girl. I mean, I'm not going to leave anyone hanging without saying, <laughs> here's how to do it, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, especially with the, the amazing women that I work with, you know, the majority of them are like, I can do the work. I just need someone to hold my hand and show me how. Mm-hmm. And I find this to be true almost across the board. And um, so the how-tos are important, but you can't start with the how-tos because if you're just kind of throwing strategies out there, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing what sticks, you know, these other three steps are really, really important first, then you can kind of get to the how-to. So that's really the process. You know, it's a simple four, four-step process, but really to, to slow down and to stop first and foremost, then to explore and really answer those questions that are coming up. And in that process, rediscover the authentic you 
And then from there, once you have a really clear outlook on that, right, once all the little snow has settled in the snow globe, then you know exactly what strategies to take and exactly what action to take because you're clear on those first three things. That's so it all kind of works together. Yeah. Absolutely. But where do you, where do you see the most resistance come up? I would think just listening to this, it would be number three, you know, cause people are like, well, I don't know who I am. I'm, I'm me, you know, I'm my job or I'm, um, you know, I'm a mother. That's my identity. And it's not. So right. So where, right. Do you, where do you find the most resistance in this process? Mm, great question. And first, I so love that you said that, you know, it's like, oh, I'm a mother, I'm this, I'm that, you know, it's like, you are mm-hmm. not your role. You mm-hmm. have roles, you know, you might wear many hats, but you are more than that, you know, and just a reminder to everyone listening. And that's, that's a huge part of it too. Um, I would say, you know, it really, honestly, for the majority of the clients that I work with, step number one tends to be really difficult oh. because, you know, even like myself, it's like so foreign to slow down and to stop. And, you know, when you're not used to that, it can be really difficult to kind of throw yourself into that and start slowing down, you know, and thinking about things a little bit differently. Um, and then from there, once I find that people do slow down, this other steps kind of become almost like a little game. It's kind of fun. Then they usually really enjoy that part of the process because even though, um, you know, it might seem a little bit different to to answer those questions and rediscover themselves and all of this, it actually becomes neat because the process of self-discovery is one that um, can be a lot of fun. You know, when you start to put those puzzle pieces together and to see that that vision take shape, um, that's really when, you know, people start to have fun in the process. So I would, I would actually say that based on my experience and what I've seen, step one tends to be the hardest, especially just for those of us that are those highly driven, motivated, always busy kind of people. Um, slowing down can really be a challenge. Yeah. Oh, I could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when, you, when you start catching yourself, you know, working too much or, you know, doing too much, what's your go-to strategy for, you know, like you said, walking your talk for pulling it back and, and being true to, to your message and, you know, your core philosophy. Mm, yeah. Well, I have a couple of different, um, I guess, I don't know what the word would be, but, um, solutions for lack of a better word, but things that in my back pocket that whenever, you know, I do start to catch myself going down that road that I can say, okay, hold on a minute, Courtney, let's redirect here. And uh, one of those actually is my husband. He will call me out anytime that he notices, you know, me getting overwhelmed and anxious. And he does it because I ask him to, um, in the past, it's not something that he probably would have ever done because, you know, he knows I'm so driven and so motivated and it's like, well, don't get in Courtney's way. Like she's going to be, you know, she'll run you over, but, um, but that's not me anymore. You know, I want to make sure that I'm living in alignment with my priorities. And so he calls me out on that and I've asked him to do that. I'm like, babe, look, anytime you catch me, you know, maybe rambling on about things that all my to-do list or all, you know, all the things I'm like, can you just like slow me down a little bit and say, babe, you know, Let's remember what's really important here. And he does. So he'll call me out. So that's kind of like checkpoint number one. Checkpoint. I think that might've been the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So checkpoint number one. And then checkpoint number two is, you know, when I do start to notice myself feeling a little overwhelmed, feeling a little anxious, um, I just ask myself, okay, what's in front of me right now? And Mm -hmm. focus on that. Um, And just to really take things one step at a time, something else that I'll say has been 
huge, huge, huge game changer for me. And that is so, so critical um, to how I guess I pay attention to what I, the words I speak out loud and to myself, I really pay close attention to the things I'm saying I have to do, or I need to do, or I should. Hmm. Because so often, you know, our language, it not only describes our reality, our language creates our reality. So if we're telling ourselves, I have to do this, and I need to do this, and I should do this, then we're actually creating a false sense of urgency and putting that pressure on ourselves, which contributes to these feelings of stress and overwhelm. So anytime I start to feel that, I just kind of check myself and ask myself, okay, Courtney, what have you been telling yourself you have to, or you should, or you need to do? And um, I've even asked my husband to call me out on that because a lot of times we say things that we don't even catch ourselves saying, right? It happens unconsciously just because of these patterns that, that we run and not even realizing. And so that's been super helpful too, to just kind of pay attention to that and pinpoint that and then shift that language, you know, instead of saying, oh, you know, I have to do this. Well, no, I'm choosing Mm -hmm. to do this, or I want to do this, or it's time to do this, but not, I need to, you know, or I have to. Um, And sometimes the things I say I have to do, I really don't like, do I really have to go unload the dishwasher right this second? (laughs) No, (laughs) No. (laughs) you know, but, but you know, I put that pressure on myself to do it and then it feels overwhelming. So, um, so really paying attention to that language. That's another checkpoint. That's something that's really helpful. Well, you definitely just awakened something in me because the, I talk like that. Like I absolutely say these words out loud and like my kids hear it and things like that. Like, I have to be here. I have to do this. And it's, it's not true. Like it's really, when you break it down like that, it's really not true. So thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And to be honest, this is something I've only learned recently, even as, you know, Mm -hmm. part of my, my own journey. And when I recognized that in myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this, this is, this is a game changer. And it has been, you know, since I've really started to pay attention to that and bring more awareness to it. Um, yeah. The pressure like that I'm matter. imposing. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. I mean, I heard someone say the other day, it's like you, every time you speak, you are casting spells. Like your words are mm. casting spells on everyone around you, including yourself. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. So true. Our words are so powerful. And even the words that we might not say out loud, the ones that we think too. I mean, that goes, that goes right along with it. Yeah. It absolutely creates our realities. You're absolutely right. Um, But moving on, I just kind of wanted to ask you, you know, you work obviously with a lot of type A driven women and we all know, because we're probably those types of women, we, we have trouble asking for help. You know, it's, it's kind of like a pride thing or a shame thing, or, you know, I can handle this. I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm just going to take care of this. Like I take care of everything else. What do you want our listeners who are like that, which majority of them probably are, because they're all smart driven women and some men, <laughs> what, do you, what do you want them to know about working with a coach? Why should they make that kind of investment, both of money and time and just putting themselves out there? What do, what do you want them to know? Mm. Two things. First, I want to just kind of back up a second and say that asking for help is so key if you want to reach the next level in life. I had to learn this the hard way and asking for help has been a challenge for me. This is even something literally last Friday night, I was on a date with my husband and I was telling him, I'm like, can you please, you know, ask me to ask you for help basically. Like (laughs) I need help asking for help. (laughs) Like just, just, 
help me, help me, help me. Um, because it is, it can be so hard. And especially when you're independent and you're driven and you're motivated and you're used to doing all the things, mm-hmm. at least for me and my experience, it's been hard to know what I even need help with because I'm so used to doing it all. Yeah. And so learning to relinquish that a little bit, um, has been a game changer for me, but it's also been a huge challenge. And this is also why I hire my own coaches. I work with other individuals who can hold me accountable. I know accountability sounds like a scary word, but really what it is, the truth of it is that external support is one of the most powerful things on the planet. Mm. And when the snow globe of your life is so shaken up and you can't see clearly where you're headed, that's when it takes an outside source looking in to help you pinpoint, you know, those underlying causes of the stress and overwhelm that you might be feeling, you know, and pinpoint those action steps and those strategies that are going to work for you uniquely. Um, Because no two people are alike, you know, no two clients that I've worked with have ever come to me with the exact same scenario of life. And so, you know, the strategies and the how-tos are going to look different, but it's going to take someone from the outside looking in someone that has that trained eye and that has that experience and that comes from that place of love and that place of support and encouragement to show you what those steps are to take. Because when we're in it, we can't see it. You know, and I say that for myself Mm -hmm. too. I mean, even in my own life and journey and transformation, any area where I felt kind of a a blindness or a dark spot, so so to speak, you know, I've always hired someone to help me shine the light in those places because they can help me figure out what I don't know. And then by bringing that into my awareness, then I'm able to move forward and take those next steps. And so it can be scary sometimes to commit to that, you know, whether it be, you know, the financial investment part of it, or even just like I said, the accountability part of it, you know, working with someone that you know is going to hold your feet to the fire, but it's really the best thing you could do because that external support is so powerful. And I can honestly say in my own journey, speaking for myself, I would not be where I am today without it. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I think that was explained perfectly. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I believe it to my, the depths of my soul. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, when you were speaking, like my body was like vibrating because I was like, everything she's saying is truth. It's absolutely true. Um, Mm -hmm. And people listening can tell that too. You know, you, they're not dumb, you know? So they hear that and they're like, yep, she's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, True. People have like an internal radar detector. I mean, people just know things, you know, they can sniff out, you know, inauthenticity miles and miles away in a second. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Um, So I have some rapid fire questions for you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The world needs Mm. inner peace. Mm. I believe in love. I'm grateful for Mm, my family. Love is. Oh. Love is so many things. Wow. That's one that's like, oh my gosh, I could talk for hours <laughs> on that. Oh, but the first thing that really pops into my head is the word grateful. You know, I think love and gratitude mm. really go together. And I love that. Mm. And finally, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Hmm. Okay, I'm going to stand on my soapbox for a minute. This is one of those 80-20 rules. I know there's a million of them out there. But this is something that my dad taught me from a very young age because he noticed these perfectionistic tendencies in me. And he said, Courtney, he said, focus on the 80% solution. He said, what do I mean by that? He said, look, you're going to go through life 
and you're going to do the things that you do. And you have a choice. You can either kill yourself working to get it a hundred percent perfect and, you know, make sure there's just no errors and it's just absolute perfection, or you can do your best and focus on the 80% and let the other 20% go. He said, because no one from the outside looking in is going to look at your 80% and know that you didn't give it your all and know that you didn't give it your best and know that you had an extra 20% to go. He said, so don't kill yourself over the extra 20%. Let the 80% be enough. Hmm. I wish I would have followed his advice sooner, but um, as I've been, you know, on my own journey and have come to, to let go of a lot of this perfection that I always strove so hard toward, um, I have realized the wisdom in his words. And it's true. The other 20% doesn't matter. Just show up, just do your best pursuit excellence, not perfection. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great way to end this conversation because it's essentially saying that, you know? find the balance, let go of the stuff that you don't need and live your life, live a beautiful life. Yeah. Amen to that. (laughs) So people listening want to find you. What's the best way? Yes. So I am super, super active um, on social media. I am very social. I love to connect with other amazing women who are out there living their mission and and living their dream, um, working toward their dream. So on Instagram, Courtney Elmer underscore, put that little underscore behind it and I'll pop right up. And on Facebook, the Stressless Tribe, that is my private group where I'm in there doing live coaching and training all for free every single week, um, working with incredible, amazing boss babes, just like you listening. Awesome. And what's your website? CourtneyElmer.com. That's the easy one. Perfect. Well, again, thank you so much. I feel like I got so much out of this. um, And I know our listeners did too. So thanks. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Courtney. She is an amazing woman and the things that she shared, I think anyone can use in their own life to be happier and less stressed and just more well-rounded as a person. Um, So I hope you enjoyed that. And if something in this episode spoke to you, share it with a friend. You just tap those three dots in uh, Apple iTunes podcasts and you just click share either email or text. Super easy. And if you haven't already, I would so appreciate a review on iTunes. It really takes no time at all and it does so much for the show. So if you've been enjoying the show week after week, I would really appreciate your support. Um, Until next time, have a great one. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is doing big things in the world of medicinal mushrooms. Uh, If you're a little confused or taken back by having mushrooms uh, in your life, don't be so scared. I put them in my coffee every single morning. You can't even taste them. And the health benefits that you get from them, like the beta-glucans and the vitamins and minerals, um, are really astonishing. I haven't been sick since last November. I tell this to everyone who questions why I'm putting mushroom powder in my coffee, but it's true. It, It has really revitalized my health, and I have two little boys. I should be sick at least once every few months, and that just hasn't happened. Um, Also, I'm a big fan of their cordyceps. Before a workout, I'll have some cordyceps um, in my coffee, my morning coffee, and my energy skyrockets. It also does a lot for your sex drive. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, So definitely check them out and use the code UNSTRESSED at checkout for 15% off. Take care.